Welcome to Pick Me Up Pod. This is the podcast where we are destigmatizing everything and anything menstrual health, from your period to birth control to pregnancy and abortions. I'm your host, Sophie, and I have a period, and I want to talk about it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Pick Me Up Pod. I'm here with the wonderful Lucia. She is a filmmaker, a storyteller, and the founder of Women Flow. Really excited to to have a conversation with you. How are you doing? Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and sharing this space with me. I love talking about menstruation and I love the, the work that you're doing. So it's a privilege to be here with you today. Thank you Amazing. so much. Amazing. Well, I'll kick things off with um, the question that I ask everyone that comes on here, which was really the impetus for me starting this podcast. Um, yes. What was the first time that you had your period? Where were you? What were you feeling? Did you feel like you had the right tools for it? I would love to hear your story. I think I was very lucky in the sense that I was at home and I was still living with my mom. I'm a kind of a late bloomer, so I was around 16 years old, early 16 years old when I got my first period. And it was like, I have a little bit of a funny story around it that it's like, I mean, I didn't feel any pain or I didn't feel anything. I just went to the toilet, I see the blood and it's like, oh, it's here. And then my mom came in because we have a very open relationship. She's like, mom. I think I just got my periods. And my instant reaction, like, bless my, like, kind of, like, and education I had is like, oh, so I guess, like, uh, yeah, so this is four o'clock, and I guess I'll be getting it tomorrow at the same time. No, mom. And I thought it was just like that. It's like, yeah, a little bit of blood here, maybe a little bit of blood tomorrow, and that's it. But little, little bit I knew about what I was about to start. I feel like no one really knows what's about to happen because not a lot of people talk about it. But you mentioned that you got your period a little bit on the later end when you were 16. Would you say that mm-hmm. a lot of your friends at the time had already gotten their periods? And if so, how did that how did that kind of play into your relationship with it? Well, indeed, my best friend at the time uh, got her period when she was nine years old. So I was like, really late and I was like I mean I always was a bit of a tomboy like very childish kind of like not much deep very small I remember even like I wasn't growing up much so my mom even took me to make like a blood test to see if there was something wrong with me and yeah there wasn't anything wrong I just came a bit later and then I bloomed into what I am today oh, that's amazing did you feel like you were a little bit behind other people or you were like oh this is totally normal because I I have a lot of friends who got their periods very early and that kind of affected them in a sense that they were like growing up very quickly I was a bit like naive and I wasn't very interested in boys and I wasn't like kind of like trying to maybe like feminine or use my feminine energy at the time I wasn't like I was just a bit like yeah, that child is naivety. I guess I was the exact same. So it wasn't an issue for me. I was yeah. the exact same. I was like fourteen years old, like rubbing dirt on my face, like <laughs> which I'm which I'm pretty happy about. I mean, I got I got my period at twelve, and then I didn't get it again for a whole year. Um, what what was oh, wow. it like that for you too? Because I know like when people first get their periods, they get them very inconsistently, or like right away you were like, I have my period. Yeah. 
I was like more or less regular. I didn't skip any month or any, yes, I was pretty regular, but I had, and I suffered for years, very strong period pain to the point where I remember I had to leave like exams at uni in school. It was like a bit traumatic in that sense. And it's probably what woke me up empathy towards menstruation and wanting to know better and wanted to learn and i think that's the start is like all the pain i went through when i was younger wow yeah i feel like i mean i certainly have a similar experience with menstrual pain how how early did that set in for you did you start experiencing sort of the the traumatic menstruation i i remember like my first years of menstruation i used to pass out like i used to get like my blood like blood pressure i guess like down and i remember like i would get dizzy and yeah, almost fade a few times, especially if I don't, ha- I didn't have the time to come and sit and and being able to lie down probably. So in, on those years, it was heat was very important for me, and I also used to have anti-inflammatories on a monthly basis to help me cope with the pain. Were you ever able to get a a diagnosis um, or did you have any tools that helped you with that pain since then? Of course, the normal diagnosis was that everything like periods are supposed to be painful and they put me on a, a birth control and I was for seven years um, using the ring and that kind of numbed the pain. But there was a point where I didn't want to keep putting hormones in my body unnecessarily and I just stop and then I learn to deal with the pain in a different way that this is it's kind of an ongoing mission for me but yeah I keep learning I keep growing and I keep like incorporating into my life in a better way. Wow I think that that's a really holistic story and a very similar one to the one I have so I also, not at the very beginning, but I think as soon as I hit my 20s, I started having really, really, really painful periods. And I think it was less so, not less so, but it was, of course, the time during my period, but it was also the anxiety in the week before. Because, you know, what if I had plans yeah. during that time? Or you were mentioned yeah. that you were in yeah. university exams yeah. and you were like, couldn't yeah. be at the top of your game. And also, like, you had to leave exams. And yeah. I started. I mean, I guess I would call it an experimentation with birth control, but I tried a bunch of different ones and I had very negative mental health effects to them as well as physical effects. Mm-hmm. So I also went back off of it and then I was kind of just left to my own senses in ways of having to just manage the pain. And similar to you, I use like mm-hmm. anti-inflammatories and I had like I have like a heating pad. Um And then recently, the more conversations I've been having like this with friends, I have found out a lot of my friends have um, different um, hormonal afflictions like PCOS and endometriosis, which cause a lot of that pain. And I haven't necessarily gotten diagnosed for PCOS, but I have a lot of the symptoms and I definitely need to go to a doctor. But there is a certain way that you can eat when you have PCOS because a lot of those symptoms are tied to... um, insulin level spiking. So for the past four months, I've been experimenting a lot with my period and what I'm eating. And I've been eating a lot more protein and fats than for the last two periods. I cannot even, I'm actually, I don't want to say it out loud because I'm, I'm scared I might jinx it. 
but they've been the most painless periods I've ever had. And I'm like, wait, this is all I had to do? I mean, it's hard to change your diet, right? Because it's like, I want to eat pizza and like bread. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if I knew that I could experience those last two periods in the way like over the course of the last five years, I would be like, I can't believe I didn't know this. And I think there's a lot of ways to manage the pain than maybe we know and learn about. And this is like really, I mean, it's everyone's personal journey and it doesn't work for everyone, but I'm just like trying to uncover that. So what, like, what is, what does your journey look like with trying to manage some of your symptoms um, without using, you know, the birth control that you said you didn't like anymore? Yeah, well, for me, I kind of said that I was like powerless for many years of my life. Like it was until 2017. So it was like maybe around five years ago where I bumped into a video, an online video uh, talking about um, a woman's cycle. And that was kind of like a lighting, light bomb moment for me because I hear that, well, we actually have or different hormonal compositions, and we are supposed to have different skills, different sets of strengths, skills, like superpowers, and also things that we should avoid depending on the space where we are. And I was like, oh, wow, why am I in my mid-30s and I'm not having here never about this? So I kind of went into an inner journey, and I started exploring my own cycle. And I think that's kind of the first step when we go into this, uh, you know, cycle mission is just that we are all different. And I always, my first recommendation is always journaling your own cycle and see what it works for you and getting to know yourself better and do it with a lot of self-love and compassion because it's not easy. And we kind of live in a system and in a society where we are supposed to be the same every day of the month because like men like kind of like are the same every day of the month. Their cycles are like 24 hour cycles when they create testosterone at night and other things. And then we run by the moon, not the sun. And we run on a 28 less cycle. Um, yeah, we unfortunately we just don't live in a society that is made or adjusted for us just yet. So it's easy to get frustrated because we tend to be very competitive and like kind of like being up to to the level where society expects us to be. And I kind of lost my plot here. Sorry. No, <laughs> no that's so. <laughs> I don't even remember what the question was because I have so many questions that just came <laughs> up when you were talking about that. But I think it really is. I was honestly, I was really pissed off and mad that I didn't know about all those things that you said you discovered um, when you came across this yeah. video, all the different phases of the cycle. And all of a sudden, as soon as I started learning more about it, and honestly, if it weren't for YouTube, you know, five, six, seven mm-hmm. years ago when I made this discovery, I would have never learned about it. All of the books in mm-hmm. like bookstores or libraries about this topic, they're all, I remember there's like, maybe you know this book, it's called Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Terry Wexler. Oh, it's like the, um, no. it's like in the US, it's like the standard book of understanding your cycle and like how to track it. And it like really teaches you how to track your temperature and your cervical fluid and all of that. But it's, you know, it's called taking charge of your fertility. If I were to walk into a bookstore and pick that yeah. up, it's like, this looks like a 
book for someone who's trying to get pregnant when I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying yeah. to not get pregnant and also to understand <laughs> my, my body more. Like, is there a way for me to take all the, the data points and use that to not get pregnant instead of getting pregnant? And yeah. I just felt kind of, I don't know, like, I was so fascinated by it. I probably, as soon as I found out about this, I spent probably the next like three or four months, like anyone that I would meet, I'm like, hey, do you know about this? I'm like, do you know about this? I'm like, I just, it's crazy. And it's been like that ever since. Sometimes I'm shocked because some people just like don't, aren't really that interested in it. I think that is because it's kind of confusing and difficult to learn about. And I don't think that any of us have like the tools to do so. And there's not really exactly what you're saying. There's not really a reward, right? If I understand my cycle and I know that at certain times of the month, I'm going to be more tired. I'm going to be more inward and I'm going to probably want a little bit more time for myself. That doesn't really lend itself well to a society like you were saying that really rewards like every day you go out and you push yourself and you're that I mean, let, let's just take the example of like, let's say you work in a corporation, a corporate business, like every day you need to mm -hmm. go out there, like go to these meetings and like kick ass and do all these things. But mm -hmm. it's not really taking into account that for half of the people or probably sometimes less than half of the people <laughs> um, in the office mm -hmm. are are on a different, naturally on a different cycle. And I think the world could run so much more beautifully if there was like on a f foundational basis, there was a shift in the way that mm -hmm. we supported people who have periods in not only in the workplace, but, you know, in society as a whole. So I thought it was really beautiful what you just yeah. said. Yeah, I, I truly believe and I truly resonate with the words you're saying. I really believe that there's so much behind, um, like the power of our menstrual cycle is so much bigger than what we think. It's not just like a door to connect with our inner self and like to explore and like grow like confident and like get to a bigger kind of understanding and and self love, self compassion. But I, I think it makes us stronger. But it's also beautiful in the sense that it connects us and everything in nature morphing cycles. Like we have the tides, we have the season, everything like kind of it's like cycles are the natural way of renewing. And that's how Mother Earth renew itself, it's through cycles. And as women, we're lucky enough to to live in a cycle. And I think we have been, like historically, we are like taught to detach from that rhythm, um, ignore it and pretend that nothing is happening. But once you connect with that power, I think it can amplify in other aspects of your life, like in relationships, in work environment, in in uh, personal projects, I think once you connect with that, you're able to to kind of grow from a really strong foundation of empowerment and self-knowledge. And then I think that this education is going to be like so much of like a paradox shift where like, I mean, we're in a point where our mother mother earth is is like crying for help we live in in such an imbalance where we are even risking our own species future so i think um, part of that is that we are lacking female energy in this planet um one of the special kids that are able to like are gonna enable that 
power and that kind of like bringing back the balance. And this is a bit spiritual and not topic, but I truly think that there is a relationship in between the environment problem that we're experiencing and the unbalanced system we live in and our menstrual cycle. Oh, don't worry. It's not too spiritual. Go into it. I love <laughs> I love all these topics and I absolutely agree with you. Like, please get as woo-woo and into the connection as possible <laughs> because I can promise you I'm right there with you. It's funny because when I learned about you know, the phases of the moon and how these are like connected to our cycles. But then I like Google all these scientific articles and it's like, no, there's like no correlation between menstrual cycles and the lunar cycle. But I'm like, it's 28 days, 28 to 38 days is like the typical average menstrual cycle. And it's like, like that can't just be a coincidence, right? Like it's not like we're mm -hmm. so inherently tied to the earth, like through that cycle. And I think not only can we understand a deeper version of ourselves and go inwardly through understanding that cycle and how it's tied to the earth, but I think also it helps us understand ourselves and our moods. And I don't know if you ever feel like this, but sometimes I, um, I experience certain emotions and even being able to go back in time and be like, oh, I'm, a, I'm yelling at my brother because five days ago, my boss oh, yelled okay. at me. So now I understand why I'm yelling at my brother and that helps me act mm -hmm. in a way that's yeah. intentional. But in the same way that if I understand my cycle and I'm like, oh, I feel really high energy right now. I said yes to five mm -hmm. social events in two yeah. weeks time that I probably won't yeah. want to go to. Why did I do that? It's like, oh, I'm probably like at the beginning of my cycle. I'm probably <laughs> ovulating. I'm probably going through all these things. And it helps us understand why we make certain choices. And I think that... Yeah just really, really like builds a foundation for self-awareness. And I actually have a question because I experienced this when I am on my period, and that is I have the most intense dreams. Do you experience something similar to that? Not really, I can't, I can't think of. Actually, I don't sleep very well when I'm on my, the first days of my period. Like once I start like flowing, I, I go into deeper levels of sleep. But that's so cool. Yeah, I actually, I looked it up one time and apparently when you're on your period, the, I'm going to get the scientific name wrong, but I think it's the cerebral walls between the left side of your mm -hmm. brain and the right side of your brain, they get a little bit thinner. And so there's like more interconnectivity mm -hmm. yep. and more neural transmission between the two sides. So it's like, you know, the, the, the creative yep. side of your brain and the thinking side of your brain are talking to each other more, which is like, you know, insane. That's crazy. That's a phys real yeah. physical thing that That's I'm experiencing. Like, yeah. It's like we can actually like achieve deeper levels of uh, consciousness, like um, when we are bleeding. And I I read that there, like back in the days, uh, there were few tribes that during this um, bleeding phase, they would just like um, sit and... Uh, like see the part from the whole tribe and women bleed together that that was kind of yeah a common in uh, around and then they will be able to think or get to um deeper through this deeper level of consciousness they could they were able to plan medium long term for the needs for the tribe so i think that's pretty amazing that they could use that leading face to plan wow. and decide what was That's best a real matriarchy the right trial. there. 
what what yeah, tribe is that insane. that is actually that's super fascinating do you know from what culture that yeah, tribe is in the amazon i can't search and send oh my god name. yeah i'll definitely share it in the show notes that's super super fascinating yeah. i feel like there's so many rituals and cultures that have uh, rituals around getting your period and so like somehow that has become lost um in today's society oh 100 <laughs> but i want to yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I would love to explore with Women's Flow. I would love to to think because the idea with the project, like with Women's Flow, is just I don't know, I, I guess it happened to you too, but I have no idea why I have this strong call to talk about menstruation. It's not like I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from, but it's like my thing usually is environment. I'm an activist, I'm a maker, I'm like you know, I never thought I was going to have this strong call towards sharing a message, and I do have it. And I want to use my skills to share the story and to kind of like create a feature documentary film where in one hour, one hour and a half, we can transform or or at least plant seeds on, on younger people's mind where it's like, oh, wait a second, there's a bit more than this. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, I, one of the things I would love to document is that different stories about indigenous cultures because there's that knowledge there that we are not aware and it would be amazing to be able to share. Yeah, absolutely. I also don't know why I have this need to talk about menstrual health either. I think it's because when I was younger, I felt really alone and I didn't really have no, mm. I knew that no one wanted to talk about it. I knew that yep. it was... Yep. shameful to talk about it to my friends to boys I knew it was yeah. just like something that no one wanted to talk about but I didn't really know why it's something that I experience mm. every day of my life and have to deal with and I, at a certain point I just got kind of fed up and I was like I just I'm just gonna start talking about it <laughs> yeah but good on you yeah you know like we believe like if you put all the days that we lead together it's like six years of our life like during your whole life, you're going to be like six years of your life living. And isn't it pretty amazing that we're supposed to pretend that nothing is happening and like we can't even talk about it. It's like six years of our life. That is six years is Insane. enough time for a young child from the age of zero to six to be like fully programmed for their life, to have loaded all of their traumas <laughs> into their little brain and go on to the world and just be six years yeah. wow yeah to pretend that nothing is going that's, on oh i've never heard it expressed that way and that makes so much sense yeah to just pretend that nothing's going on i want to ask you were talking a little bit about you know doing some research into some of these rituals do you have any rituals around getting your period that have like strengthened your your ties to the earth or in any way made the experience more um pleasurable well, uh, like what it makes the experience more pleasurable, uh, pleasurable for me is just to acknowledge that I need to slow down and it's not that ritual itself, although sometimes I like to just come out and reflect and uh, grind down like um, like what I want to kind of manifest on my next cycle and uh, things that what I want to focus my energy on the next cycle. But my biggest intake for that phase is just allow myself to rest, what is a luxury these days. But I, I, if I don't see for going out, I don't see for going out. If I 
just escape one of my workouts. It's okay. It, you know, it's just I don't push myself to do things, and that's my biggest learning curve up to today. Because I used to try to hustle and push and just get things done, and it's like you know what? Am I gonna? I'm gonna be more productive at this time of my cycle if I rest, and then I come up with more energy. And resting doesn't mean that isn't doing anything. It's just like connecting. I, I use this. Uh, days to connect more with my feelings and with what I plan to do and realigning a bit. It's like a steering guide. So it's like, am I am I on the right track? Is this what I want to be doing? It's such a good time to connect with your emotions. I feel like when I'm on my period, I am almost overwhelmed sometimes with some of the emotions, but they're like the truest and realest emotions. And if I do take that time or I'm able to take that time to just sit with them and maybe journal or do something like that I make such better decisions in the upcoming month because I'm like okay like this is truly how I feel so I love that idea of like ritualistically just honoring your emotions and taking a second to just slow down um I did pull a very interesting article that I wanted to read out and talk about with you um but first of all I want to ask um because it is the topic of this article what do you know if you know anything about menopause? Oh, wow. It's funny. I keep like, listening, um, listening more podcasts about menopause because I'm 40 now. So I guess like I'm starting to see like just there. Well, it fascinates me the change that it creates on like people's life. But it's a bit scary to think like I, I'm terrible to remember facts and, and statistics, but I think it's like a big percentage of women, like it's, it's, it's a bit scary, but even quit their jobs because of this misunderstanding they have with their own body. Like you get like brain fog and you're not able to, a part of the hot and flashes and that, but it's like not being able to keep like your brain, uh, brain up to date. That's a bit scary. And people will get like so overwhelmed and it's like, oh my God, I'm getting crazy. I'm like, again yeah. and it's like uh yeah so many women that are in their power years even had to quit their jobs from the misunderstanding that they're having with the hormones so i'm starting to listen and and kind of like educate myself more and more just little by little and i think i'm gonna approach it with a kind of a nutritious plan when I'm gonna just try to accommodate my needs. Yeah, I think there's so many ways to, I was just telling you earlier, to help support your body through movement and nutrition and mindfulness that no one really talks about because it's hard because you have to figure out what works for you. Um, But wow, that's actually super, Mm -hmm. super impressive. Like you clearly probably know more about menopause than like 99% of people because you're listening to all these podcasts. And I'm going to ask you later what some of those podcasts are because I'm actually super, super fascinated by the topic because it's like one of those things that like no one talks about. And so I've like never really thought about, but like with me starting Mm -hmm. this podcast talking about the first time you get your period, well, the first also then implies a last right so it's like there's going to be a time where you stop getting your period and that along with it probably carries a lot of hormonal changes as well so i pulled um a pretty interesting article it has to do with menopause and libido so this is called paramenopause and libido a personal story by hinamoana baker 
The other day I was chatting online with a new friend and a potential lover, a younger cis guy who lives in another city, me. I'm used to having a higher sex drive when I'm ovulating. It's been like that all my life. But now that I'm 50, the intensity has skyrocketed. No one told me about this in menopause class. Him, oh wow, there's a menopause class? You learn everything that way? And I go, totally not. It's a joke. I really wish there were classes. Massive information gap. She goes in to talk about the first signs of menopause. So menopause and the lead up to it, known as perimenopause or the transition to menopause, varies from person to person. From some, this phase is relatively quick and quite defined, perhaps just a year with minimal disruption. But for many, it's more challenging. Menstrual cycles lengthen and may become irregular and unpredictable. A friend had very heavy bleeding that lasted for weeks, hot flushes during the day, and night sweats and other sleep disturbances that can become regular companions. These symptoms can feel like an onslaught. I certainly wasn't prepared for the mood swings and migraines, and it has been difficult to separate what might be menopause-related from what might be my pre-existing anxiety, fibromyalgia, and depression. The one thing I haven't found in many resources or articles is the nuclear-powered juggernaut that my libido seems to have turned into. The vast majority of online sources provide advice for the exact opposite, loss of libido during this stage. Some acknowledge a huge upswing in desire can occur. Common advice seems to be that this could be due to a drop in estrogen, which causes an increase in the relative levels of testosterone in the system. This is all exacerbated in my case by the fact that not only are my cycles longer, but I'm way hornier for much more time each, each cycle. And then she talks a little bit about some of the emotional changes. Uh, for me, she says, there's also another less physical, more emotional aspect to this perimenopause journey. For many years in my late 30s and early 40s, I tried to get pregnant. My longtime partner, like me, was a cis woman, and we were helped by several different sperm donors. I got pregnant just once over the course of five to six years, and I miscarried soon after. These years we spent were some of the hardest and saddest I've ever had. Every month, getting my period felt like the death of someone very dear to me and someone I loved immensely, inexplicably, despite never having met them in the physical world. Like menopause, miscarriage is an aspect of life which is still not discussed or shared um, with anyone. During this time of trying to conceive, or TTC as they say in online forums, I monitored my cycle with military precision. I tracked every possible fertility sign, my cervical fluid, the position and texture of my cervix, my dreams, and my moods. I even used a microscope to observe and analyze the structure of my saliva. It felt at times like a kind of madness or obsession. The drive to have a child was all-consuming. It was clear from the beginning of our attempts that I was having difficulty, and in the end, this was diagnosed as nonspecific or unexplained infertility. I couldn't afford, emotionally or financially, the kinds of tests or procedures which would have provided more information or solutions, so I stopped trying. Of course, at that time, my focus was entirely on tracking my cycle in order to pinpoint my fertile times. It was supremely important to me to know when I was most likely able to get pregnant. Back then, I was charting and tracking solely for this purpose, and definitely not for measuring or predicting my libido surges. Due to the stressful nature of this whole process, there was virtually no libido to track. 
I'm reflecting deeply on the fact that I've reached a point in my life when pregnancy, even if I had no fertility issues, is an increasingly distant, if not non-existent possibility. There are still pangs of grief. I still avoid certain baby or pregnancy-centered situations or people sometimes, especially if I'm going through a hard time or need to treat that sad part of me tenderly. I'm now single and no longer seeking to have children with anyone, and I'm mostly happy with the situation. I'm at the beginning of a new phase in my career and more happy in my physical body than I've ever been. I'm sexually active, and despite the occasional perils of dating at my age in a city with a very young population, I'm enjoying it. I feel lucky to be able to make the most of this unexpected gift from the hormonal universe that my surprising human body is and always has been. So that's the article, and I just found it super, super interesting because I feel like oftentimes the things we come across when we look up um, menopause, you know, all you know, all I know, having not done so much research, is hot flashes, trouble sleeping, moods, mm-hmm. um, and that you're probably not going to want to have sex anymore. And this is one of the first articles mm-hmm. that I came across that really... Um, dissected some of the hormonal changes and the effects on it. Um, I was reflecting on my uh, on my personal experience and I said, man, I bully struggle if your libido goes up. I find it so much harder to focus on like that uh, week of my cycle when I'm like about to ovulate. I find that I'm so bubbly and so social and I'm just going to go out and I get like this like kind of anxiety to just do things and yeah, and um, I kind of like have a tool on my kind of like the way I can focus on, on my own personal approach and work. So I was thinking if it gets worse, <laughs> it's going to be hard to handle. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like important to to know as much about our bodies even going forward as our bodies change as possible so like when like things start to change it's like okay like this is what's happening or be able Mm -hmm. to like you just said to have built out maybe like tools or ways to like deal with your emotions or like you were saying this like lack of focus which like i feel all the time too especially when i'm like in like hyper mode you know Yeah. (laughs) yeah um but yes um i would love to hear a little bit how you were talking before a little bit about your filmmaking and the documentary. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about mm-hmm. how um, your own menstrual journey has informed some of your some of the art that you make. Well, um, um, I'm not the artist of the collection, so we have Margaret Tran. We're so lucky to have her. Um, our artwork is inspired in the four different seasons and the four different emotions that you may feel when you are in each season. So I, I really like the analogy of like the uh, summer, winter, spring, autumn, and relating it with the different hormonal uh, compositions that we experience. I probably like it because I feel very related, like with the spring and the, the summer, <laughs> and then when the autumn comes in the winter time to go in. So, um, yeah, our, our work is inspired by the seasons and the different emotions that you. One last question before I let you go off into a beautiful Australian summer day. <laughs> um, if you could give yourself, your 16 year old self that got her period for the first time, one piece of advice into um, her cycle, what would you tell yourself? 
I, if I could give some advice to my 16 years old, it would be like, ask more questions. Don't take what other people tell you as your ultimate truth. Search and keep like looking for questions because yeah, not everything that uh, doctors or, or people tell you has to be your own experience. I think I think that's so, really good advice. I wish someone told me that advice too. I think sometimes, especially with doctors, um, we look at them as this ultimate authority figure, and you know, like whatever they say mm-hmm. is like has to be true. Um, forgetting sometimes that mm-hmm. human that doctors are humans and your own health journey is something that you need to be assertive over and ask all those questions. And I think especially when we're younger, we don't know mm-hmm. to do that. So thank you so much for sharing that advice. I think that's really, really nice. And yes, um, last thing, um, is there anything that you would like um, anyone listening to know um, where to follow you or anything coming up? I want to give you some space to to plug all of your projects. Thank you. So my name is Lucia Santiago, and I'm the founder of Woman Flow NFT. Woman Flow NFT is um NFT collection where we are kind of philanthropically um, a kind of like uh, get funding for make a feature documentary film about the different phases of the menstrual cycle. Our aim is to educate, um, to make this information accessible in a, in a very easy to digest documentary film. So thank you so much for listening and thank you for, for caring about menstruation. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. See you guys next week.